Hello and welcome to Talking Yanks. It's the Sharp Stats episode. Time to get smart. My name's Jimmy. I got Jake as always, producer BBD as always. And as always, on Sharp Stats, we are joined by the queen of stats, KT Sharp. Katie, how are you today? I am, uh, I've been better, fellas. I'm sure you guys have been better too. Um, But we are sitting here on Thursday uh, afternoon recording this. And um, not only is Yankee Twitter in sort of a mess, but kind of the whole world's a mess right now, or at least in the United States. So we are hoping for better times ahead for both our Yankees and for for our country. Um, But... um, I'm um, hopefully you know we'll, we'll we'll leave here with a little optimism, but also put you got put put some perspective on the season and perspective on what's happening around, and you know make everybody a little bit smarter. That's the goal. I think we all we all need a little perspective in and outside of Yankees world. But yeah, it's uh it's it's funny. Yankees Twitter is having a bad time, and they should to a degree, but not as bad of a time as they're having. And I think we'll talk about that a little bit. But yeah, I did see someone. And it was the first, I guess, smirk I got was someone did the the five times two point seven is what's that thirteen ish? Yeah, thirteen and losses yeah. in a row. So they were like that would that would be the longest losing streak since like the eighties or something like that. And I was like, all right, I'm over <laughs> okay. that conversion. <laughs> so we're we're doing this kind of thing. So, uh, I, and you know what? I think tomorrow when I wake up. I'm I'm hoping that this weekend the perfect dose of medicine is a little Mets baseball for us. So hopefully that'll straighten things out. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I tough. Mean, it's, it's... The trolls are. I mean, they're coming after. They're coming after Boone. They're even coming after Cashman now. I got I got that on my mentions. Oh um, yeah. So I don't. <laughs> hard to tell where that's going. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you just got to wake up on Friday and just hey, hey, it's a new series, a new team to play, um, and uh, we got five games to flush it all out. So I mean, that's yeah. that's at least some good news. There's there's other good news that maybe we'll do a little bit of, but the best news of the off season, Garrett Cole joining the Yankees, turns out his most recent starts a bummer, Katie. I don't know what you have for us. You were, we were discussing topics, and I kind of wanted to know, you know, the home run numbers for Cole right now are crazy, but the, but home run numbers don't kill you. You know, we've referenced Verlander winning the Cy Young with the most home runs, but is this who he's always been? Is this a different Cole? Like, what do you got on Garrett Cole, the home runs, and his performance thus far? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you guys have noted those numbers. Um, he does give up more than his fair share of home runs. Um, like last year, we'll say he gave up 29 home runs. Uh, he's up to 10 this year, though. Um, but it is a little bit concerning for me. And one of the one of the stats that has been out there on Twitter a lot is that 13 of his 16 runs that he's given up have been versus home runs, right? Hmm. So that's 81%. And that that's actually incredibly high. So even last year, when he was giving up all those runs and you figure, oh, well, if he gives up a lot of home runs, then, you know, a lot of those home runs will be towards his runs, run total. But last year, only 33 of the 66 runs that he gave up were on home runs. Uh, So that's because he did, he gave up 25 solo home runs. So really, yep. And the, uh, the, so that's That's about half of them. Say that again. 
20? Last last year, he gave up 25 solo home runs out of his 29 total. Um, <laughs> that's so sort of ridiculous. He, he gave up two two-run homers the other day, oh. right? Oh yeah, yeah. That's that, that's this year. That's not that's not the case. Um, yeah. So the the average is about fifty seven percent of your home runs will be solo home runs that you give up. So last year was just I mean was crazy for him. Um, so the thing is for me though the home runs just by themselves as a stat isn't that worrisome. But what is happening to his pitches and on the you know under the hood is a little bit concerning for me. Um, and it's it's basically the eye test is that he is getting hit much harder overall this season. And it has it's not just last start, it's through the entire season. And I've been I've been tracking this. And kind of the big statistic that really stood out to me is his barrel percentage. And we've talked about this. Barrels are basically the best kind of batted ball that you can have. It's like has like an 800 batting average and like a 1500 slugging percentage. Um so most of them are extra base hits. A lot of them are home runs. His barrel percentage has doubled um, from last year to this year, more than doubled. It went from 5% to 11%. And the major league average is about 6%. Um, so that is really concerning. Um, his hard hit rate is up about 10 percentage points from 35% to 45%. And if you want to put that perspective, the major league average is about 34, 35%. So he's going from average, which is fine, to way above league average. And also notable, his average exit velocity on, this is on all his pitches, is up about three um, miles per hour from about league average to way above league average. Um, so this is, this. I don't know, and this is kind of one of those things. Are, are, are people seeing him a little bit better? Our players just, you know, getting a little bit more comfortable against him. And I think I'll have some more numbers to kind of back that up in a little bit. Um, and then the other thing that really stood out to me was that batters are pulling more balls against him. So last year, 31% of um, his batted balls were pulled. This year, it's up to 42%. So that really kind of tells me that they're, they're just, I mean, they're seeing his pitches better. They're squaring up better. Um, I don't know if it's it might be sequencing, um, but... It's not it's it's not a um you know kind of a mirage or it's not just a one time thing, but players are hitting his balls a lot better and um and you it's reflected in obviously in his his results where I mean ERA is bad but it's up um and um yeah so that is that's a little bit concerning for me. Do do you have the breakdown of what pitches are being hit? Is it his fastball that's getting hit the most or the hardest? Because he it's it's ticked up from last year in percentage, not enough to actually say that it's like tiny, but he is throwing it more than he threw it last year. Do, is that maybe a solution? Is well, anyway, is that the is that pitch getting hit more than the other pitches? I guess that's yeah. Um, his fastball has really degraded from last year. And that is also another thing that is a concern for me because that was kind of his bread and butter pitch last year. I mean, you, if you think about Garrett Cole, you think about him throwing 98 mile per hour gas and it just going right past people, right? Him being able to challenge hitters up in the zone um, with his fastball. And that's often the best way to get people out because it's a lot tougher to get those those bendy pitches and those secondary pitches to get people to swing at them. Um, 
but yeah, his so the numbers on his fastball are pretty bad. It, his whiff percentage is down about 12 percentage points um, from 38 to 26 percent. That's a swing and miss percentage. The expected slugging on his fastball, so that's taking into account uh, launch angle and exit velocity, is up 200 points from 321 to 551. I mean, granted, 321 expected slugging on your fastball is is pretty ridiculous what he did last year. Um, And then the expected WOBA, um, which we've talked about before, that's up about 100 percentage points from 248 to 342. Um, So, I mean... Looking, giving a perspective of his fastball from last year to this year, yes, it is far worse. And the problem is he's throwing it more, um, and he's just he's not able to foot, to put away batters to finish batters with his fastball. Now, Statcast has a has a uh, has a statistic called put away percentage, and basically, when you look at it on a pitch type per, uh, per basis, it's the um, Basically, the number, the percentage of two strike pitches that result in a strikeout. So you take look at all the two strike fastballs he's thrown, and how many of those result in a strikeout. Last year it was thirty three percent. This year it's all the way down to nineteen percent. Um, so he's just he's not able to finish batters with his fastball, which is what he's known for. Um, and so I think that I think he's struggling with that a little bit, and it it may take a little bit of an adjustment because. His curve and his slider, his secondary pitches, are a little are better than last year in terms of the whiff rates. Um, but obviously, he can't throw those fifty percent of the time, um, or at least I don't. I mean, maybe he could, but I don't think it would be. I don't think it would be correct. Um, so I, he's going. I think you know he's struggling. The fastball, which has always been his his bread and butter pitch, his first pitch. Um, he's struggling with it with it a little bit now. So I'm interested to see, you know, if he knows that, if anybody can kind of work with some of his mechanics or maybe his sequencing or something. But that seems to be um, probably probably one of the bigger problems that I've seen. Is there anything, I, I mean, the only other pitching variable that I can really think of is location. Is Is there anything with that? Is there anything... Like is it is it just the meat of the zone and he's not hitting corners or, or is there anything tied to that? Well, it's it's interesting um, because I kind of looked at some of his pitches, you know, the movement and um, you know some of that. The spin is is terrific. Like I think we mentioned this earlier, he's got a hundred percent hundred percent spin efficiency um, on his fastball, which means it's perfect backspin um, <laughs> right. in terms yeah, of that's um, nice, right? So that's that's really good, except. The problem is that it's getting it's not getting as much ride, even though the spin efficiency is there in terms of the the vertical movement. Um, it's just dropping a tiny bit more um, while his curve is also dropping a little bit less. Uh, so I think that you got a little bit less separation between the fastball and the curve. I don't know if that's doing something. Um, but the other thing that that kind of stood out to me is that we talked about the meat of the meatballs, the heart of the zone. So I looked at pitches mm. that he's throwing in the heart of the zone and he's challenging the hitters with, with those pitches kind of basically at the same rate as last year. Um, but for some reason, those pitches are getting absolutely crushed and last year they weren't. Um, and that to me, I don't I mean, that's something like maybe some deception, um, <laughs> some sequencing things, but the, the numbers are, are really sh- kind of 
really crazy. I mean, well, especially from last year. So last year on these are pitches in the heart of the zone. So I'm not talking like middle, middle meatballs. I'm just talking things that are not on the edges of the zone. Um, so we can get a little bit of a larger sample. Last year, batters had a 228 batting average, a 453 slugging, and a 279 Woba. So all of those are way below league average. Um, this year, a 300 batting average, a 740 slugging percentage, and a 417 Woba. So basically, hmm. batters are basically Luke Voigt. Um when hitting his pitches that are thrown in the heart of the zone. And last year they were basically like, um, I mean, not Brick Gardner, but you know, something like that. Um, <laughs> so I really couldn't tell. And it's, it's all, it's all his pitches and it's in every count, whether he's ahead, he's behind, you know, even counts. It's the same deal. Um, the same trend. Uh, so I don't know. I mean, I think maybe he does there there just has to be some adjustments that he has to make because he does talk about being aggressive in the zone. And I think he talked about after his last start about batter, you know, he wanted to be aggressive and he thought that the batters wouldn't be aggressive at that time and kind of just he's not syncing up. Um so I think that there is there's there's a lot to unpack there, I know. <laughs> Even with the these numbers which are down from last year, uh he's still like a top tier pitcher pitching right now like yeah like you know we're talking about how yeah. these are a little concerning comparative to last year last year is the best pitcher in all of baseball the the voters accidentally didn't give him the Cy Young for some reason I you know it's not like we were going to get that season from him every single year so hopefully maybe he just realizes hey I can't challenge Acuna with a fastball right down the middle on a 3-2 yeah. pitch anymore that's not I in th- my bag anymore or right now so for I did, some maybe reason that's an, yeah for some reason, he's just his fastball. He's just not able to challenge hitters like he was last year, and I think that's that's an adjustment that he has to make. I think he can make it. I mean, the guy is like the guy is so smart, um, and he is. You know, we all know that he's all into the analytics, so I'm sure that he is getting a lot of feedback um, from the coaching staff on this. And I'm, sh- you know, I'm pretty confident that he he can adjust in this way. So, yeah, and like we said, it's kind of. We're going to talk about this a lot. It's about perspective. Last year, he was amazing. Um, And Mm -hmm. I think it would have been ridiculous to kind of assume that he would be able to duplicate that this year, especially given the circumstances um, with the virus and everything and all the postponements and um, the nature of this season. So, And it, it, it feels like a little bit with those fastball numbers, it feels like maybe there's a hint of luck there. I mean, again, you get you get clipped by... You know, Marcelo Zuna and Ronald Cunha Jr., those are, you know, studs. So maybe it's not luck maybe it's not luck there necessarily. But yeah, I, I think that number just seems high, but it it also could be maybe that was something in the scouting report from last year to this year when when hitting coach got into it that you're you're gonna get challenged by some cold fastballs and if you're ready for it, you might do all right. Interested to see how he adjusts and at the same time you always wonder how the no spring training and everything does tie into this. I mean, Garrett Cole through his first six starts last year had a four seven one ERA. I mean, one of those is a blow up that that skews it a little bit, but you know, if, if you're doing apples and apples to a degree, it's still fine. It's um, I think Jimmy and I stumbled into it the other day. He's had two kind of mass starts this year, where I think he had two mass starts all of last year which uh, is kind of a bummer to think about a little bit. But, um, 
I don't know. He he looks all right. The I guess the fastball is the pitch to watch because you're saying the other stuff is better. Yeah, I mean that the good news is that his curve is is ridiculous right now. Um, his slider is really good. The curve is the results on the curve are not great. Um, because I mean that's kind of a fact. I think that's kind of a fact of life with those really breaking those really bendy pitches. That when you hang one, I mean it's just going to get crushed. And there isn't a large enough sample to make up for that. Um, but if you look at kind of the peripherals, the whiff rate, um, the spin, those are all improved from last year. Um, and the same with the slider. Uh, so, I mean, that's that's the good news is that he does. It's not like he doesn't have a put away pitch. <laughs> um, it, he still has a put away pitch. It's just not the same one that it was last year. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. He faces Tampa Bay. Uh, next week, if this, if everything stays the same, which it very likely cannot, <laughs> yeah. it very likely may change uh, more strikes or postponements or COVID. Really, there's like so many reasons why we would get rainouts or you know, AK whatever. Mm-hmm. Now, but one more game against yeah. the Rays, he's faced him twice already, and that'll be his last test, quote unquote, against a team that's really trying to win. Because after that, it's going to be. Um, Baltimore, Boston, and I think one against Toronto. So, yeah, yeah. One thing I do want to bring up that just kind of um, triggered my memory here a little bit um, with the Rays is that one other thing I didn't mention is his numbers <clears throat> against lefties. And granted, it's it's a bit of a smaller sample size, obviously, but his numbers against lefties this year are much worse than last year. Um, and uh, if you look at last year, lefties had a 587 OPS against him. Uh, this year, it's up to 817. Um, and the biggest note change that I noticed against lefties was that he's just, he's pretty much almost abandoned his, his changeup. Um, and he's throwing a lot more fastballs, a couple more curves. Um, so that's just, it's something to watch right now. We don't, don't have enough of a sample really to make any conclusions, but it is a concern, especially against the Rays who we know have a ton of lefty batter guys that they can put in their lineup or, you know, off the bench or however they want to, however they want to do it. Um, so I'm not really sure what's going on with his changeup. I didn't do enough research to see if it's, you know, a pitch that he never really liked or he just kind of, I don't know why he's, he's throwing about half as few, um, against lefties, mm. barely any. I mean, it's, it's just been a handful this year. Um, and so, um, so yeah, I think that that is definitely something else. If you want to look for something else against the Rays, it would be how he's doing against those lefty batters and whether he's maybe just doesn't have any confidence in his changeup this year. And um, it makes sense maybe with the curve that's been good. Um, but uh, but I, I don't know. It's just just a little bit of a, a kind of a little bit of a worrisome thing for me. That's an odd one because that's uh... – I I mean obviously Tommy Canely a, a very different pitcher but we know him for being dominant versus lefties for using that changeup so we'll keep uh keep an eye out for the change too maybe saving it for this next star versus the race maybe <laughs> it's a long play also very small sample size but he's much been much better yeah. at the stadium than uh not at the stadium so far. I think it's like three and four starts. Sure. <laughs> Must be those Very home fans. Small sample the season. Fans. Those virtual fans, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he yeah. likes the virtual crowd at Yankee Stadium <laughs> better. All right. Well, that's all we got on call. Katie, I have to tell you something very exciting before we pivot to the next topic, and it's DraftKings. 
and the fact that they there are 100 million reasons why you should uh, listen up about DraftKings. Wow, mm. good smooth transition, Jimmy. <laughs> DraftKings is a leader in one-day fantasy sports, and they are celebrating the return of sports by giving away up to $100 million in prizes to all of their customers, including one lucky winner who will take home a $1 million cash prize. To claim your share of up to $100 million in instant giveaways, all you have to do is download the app and sign up using promo code JOMBOY. Then enter DraftKings free football survivor pool. It's that easy. You can do it, and you would claim your share of up to $100 million in instant giveaways and put yourself in the running to win $1 million cash prize. The top prize is reserved for one lucky winner, but everyone who signs up and enters DraftKings free football survivor pool will receive an instant bonus prize of at least $5 in value upon entering. While you're in the app, don't forget to check out all the great odds and boosts and promotions DraftKings Sportsbook is offering every day to celebrate this week's basketball and golf action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code JOMBOY to claim your share of $100 million in instant giveaways and put yourself in the running for the $1 million cash top prize. That's promo code JOMBOY to get your share of $100 million in prizes only at DraftKings. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey only. Other terms and conditions and restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com. Slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, 1-800-GAMBLER. Call him up. Jake, take us into the next topic. Beautiful, Jim. <laughs> Reed. Where are we going next? Are we are, are we going into kind of the breadth, the breadth of this season? I don't think that's the right phrase, but we need to bring the people back a little bit, Katie, because like I said, we've got people talking about the, I think someone said it was the th- if you do the multiply by 2.7, it was like the fourth longest losing streak in Yankees history or something like that. The crazy are, crazies are out. The injuries are still with the Yankees, which stinks, and we kind of need to bring that back into scope. And I think uh, Brian Hoke just tweeted out that DJ LeMahieu should be back this weekend. But I, I think we need to bring in the whole picture back, Katie, because the sky is falling, and yes, it's sad, and I think nobody wants to deal with the injury stuff anymore, but... In the realm of 2020, I mean, the Yankees are still very much in everything. Yeah, and I think that we kind of just, what I wanted to do was just kind of put a lot of the numbers into perspective. Um, just kind of give it, give everybody a macro view and hopefully prevent some unfortunate things from happening on bridges or, or whatever. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so... The, the projections or the playoff odds that I like to use are on fan graphs. And what they do is they actually have three different um, sort of modes that you can use for projections. The rest of the season, the playoff odds for the rest of the season. Um, one of them is called their fan graphs projection mode. And what it does, it's more of a forward, forward looking one. So it uses a combination of projection systems and the depth charts of how many, you know, what players are going to get uh, played appearances and, and starts. Um, and so based on those, the Yankees, not surprisingly, have a 98% chance to make the playoffs. And Ooh. if you kind of just look at the entire AL, this is ridiculous, but there are seven teams in the AL that have a 97.5% chance of making the playoffs or better. Remember, there's eight teams this year um, in each league. And then the next best team is at 65%. That's the Blue Jays. Um, so basically... From the projections, it looks like, you know, the playoff field is pretty much set. 
Um, a lot of what's to be determined, obviously, is the division winners and the seedings. Um, but who knows what that's even going to mean um, in terms of home field advantage? I mean, are we going to we may be playing all of our games in Los Angeles or, you know, in Washington, D.C. Um, so that's one thing I want to put into perspective. If, if even if you go into like look at um, they have another mode called season to date mode which is more of a backward-looking mode in that it uses the current season stats and it weights the um, the most recent games more heavily. Even with that, um, the Yankees have a 94% chance to make the playoffs. Uh, so, I mean, yes, the Yankees are not favored to win the division at this point. But if people are calling for you know Boone to get fired or Cashman to get fired and the Yankees... They're never going to win another game. And that's just, it's kind of, kind of just <laughs> kind of ridiculous. And obviously the the thing, you know, hanging behind all of this is the injuries, right? Um, and while the Yankees have not suffered um, the, I think the extent of the pitching injuries that other teams have, and that has league wide, I think you guys mentioned on the podcast, there's 98 pitchers, not including COVID that have been on the IL this year. And through the same number of games last year, it was like about half as many. Um, so obviously the Yankees, they have been more hurt in the lineup. So what I did is I looked at the top players, the top batters, according to the preseason projections. And if you look at the four the you know, kind of just looking at all the different projection systems, the consensus top four batters, um, by war, uh, were, and these guys all either are currently on the aisle or spent time on the IL were, um, DJ. Aaron Judge, Glaber Torres, and um, Giancarlo Stanton. Those were the top four guys that were projected to have the most war on our team. And guess what? They have either been on the IL, currently on the IL, and probably all currently will be on the IL by the time you guys hear this. Aaron Judge goes back on. Um, so that is, I mean, I, I didn't look, but I don't think any other team has suffered that much in terms of offense. Yes, more teams have suffered injuries in terms of pitching, but um, in terms of the offense, and this Yankee team is not even close to being full strength. Um, so I think that's another thing. Um, the other thing that I did is I looked at, uh, kind of just looked at what other teams are doing this year. You know, every, we think that we're the only team that's supposed to be good that is losing games, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, not exactly. So uh, you look at the Rays, right? They're really good, right? Well, they happen to have a five-game losing streak earlier this season, uh, just like the Yankees. And three of those losses were to the Orioles. So that kind of tells the depth that they were at. Um, the Twins, currently in first place in the Central, they at one point had a four-game losing streak, lost five of six, and six of nine. That's that's kind of what the Yankees are in right now. The Braves, we just played them. Uh, they're the leader in the AL, in the NL East. They had a four-game losing streak. They had a stretch where they lost seven of ten. The Cubs, who were the central leaders in the NL, they had a four-game losing streak and a stretch where they lost seven of ten. So all of these teams, I mean, the exception, obviously, is the Los Angeles Dodgers, who are just they're basically on a historic pace right now in terms of winning and run differentials. Um, but all these teams that are currently leading their divisions that are considered heavy favorites um, for the postseason, they went through the same stretches kind of that the Yankees are going through. Uh, 
so if if you kind of want to put that into perspective, put that into your brain a little bit. Um, I just think that, you know, yes, things are really bad right now, but that doesn't mean necessarily that they're going to continue to get bad. Um, assuming that we get healthy at some point. <laughs> just need the healthy guys to come back, stay healthy and perform. And that's yeah. what's scaring me is we're running out of time. But yeah, I mean, losing streaks will happen. All this will happen. And we're not losing at full strength. That's like, that's the good news. The bad news yeah. is we're not at full strength. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, if you look at kind of what we did when we were at full strength, if you can remember back then, I mean, remember we started eight and one, I think, right? Um, yep. And that was Sam with was all those guys. Thing. Yeah. And the other thing is, I mean, people right now, the, the mentions I get on my Twitter about this home run or bust team and we don't play small ball. I mean, that's <laughs> ridiculous um, because the last time that I thought that, you know, Tyler Wade and Tyro Estrada and whoever else they're running out there, Brett Gardner, you know, or Talkman or home run guys is, is just ridiculous. Um, and then I just, I want to, I was one more thing I want to pull out here is I looked at everyone knows during the race series, we went one for 21 where the runners in scoring position, right? And everyone's like, oh, well, that's because they can't hit. It always happens. This is a typical Yankee team, whatever. Um, it's, it's not true. But I looked at the play at that point, Stanton, Judge, and DJ were all on the, um, the IL. So I looked at their combined numbers with runners in scoring position this season. So this is what was on the IL at that point. Um, they have a, let me just get this right here, a 390, uh, 394 batting average with runners in scoring position and a 460 on base percentage with runners in scoring position, a 758 slugging percentage with runners in scoring position. Those three players combined. The players that were actually healthy um, during that series with the Rays had a, this is all with runners in scoring position, a 238 batting average, a 350 on base, and a 483 slugging. Um, and those are season numbers. That's obviously not what they did during the Rays, but those are the season numbers for the players that were healthy um, during the series with the Rays compared to the season numbers for the players that were not healthy. And I think it's pretty much of a, that's where you really see what you're missing there in terms of production. Um, it's just, it's, I mean, obviously health. I mean, it, it's coming down to health again, which is, you know, kind of, it's a tired, a tired uh, story, but you know, it's, it's the facts of life right now. Yeah. That's the, I mean, that's, that's the fear right now. I mean, that's the, the scene from the replacements, Gene Hackman's going around the locker room and, and, and <laughs> what makes you scared. I mean, it's for Yankees fans, it's injuries. I mean, it's, when when you mention, you know, that four guys on the Yankees IL with whose numbers in scoring position are normally peak Ted Williams, you know, yeah, you're you're gonna miss that from your lineup, and it's it, it really is just this weird mental dance you have to do. Where I, I guess it's I normally do this with a bullpen. Like if you if you add an eighth inning guy to your bullpen, you just made your sixth and seventh inning guys better too, because they were normally an inning up. With the Yankees lineup, part of what made it special is, you know, Gary Sanchez batting seventh hole, the fastest player to ever hit 100 home runs in the AL. Luke Voigt, wherever he started the season, I think he was about six. Luckily, he's been incredible, and he's been carrying the offense, which you might hear on the sharpest stat in a little bit. 
But what made this lineup special is that those guys were the bonus pieces around the Glaber Torres, the Aaron Judge, the Giancarlo Stanton, uh, and the DJ LeMayhew fourth in the MVP last year. That I, I mean, it really is crazy when you when you say the names. It's it almost feels like Arya Stark mode, like. DJ LeMayhew, Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge, Glaber Torres. I mean, those are, you know, that's supposed to be the core of this Yankees lineup. Um, and now we're we're currently missing all of them. And knock on wood, knock on whatever, <laughs> whatever gives you good luck if you got a rabbit's tail or something. Because, yeah, the Yankees aren't going to be the Yankees without those guys. It's true. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't. I mean, that's perfectly said. I mean, they're we're not the Yan- the Yankees are not the Yankees right now. What they're running out there, um, yeah. and the hope is that at some point they will be the Yankees um, before the uh, the playoffs. The playoffs, although they get hot in time. Luke, uh, Luke, Jake teased it about Luke. Yes, sharpest stat. Katie, do you have the sharpest stat for us? This Give week? us some good stuff, Katie. Give us the goods. All right. I mean, we gotta end this on a good note, right? We gotta, we gotta, yeah. we gotta send the people out happy, smiling, you know, thinking about some good, good thoughts for the day. Um, so the first one I want to point out about Luke Boyd is just, just pull up the major league leaderboards, all right, and look at all qualified batters, and kind of the most comprehensive stat out there is what's called weighted runs created plus, and it's. Park adjusted, it's league adjusted, so it's got all those adjustments in it. Um, and what it does is it just looks at, you know, it's it's basically on a scale from zero to infinity where 100 is average. Luke Void is at a 190 weighted runs created plus. And this is basically looking at all types of offensive production. It's singles, doubles, triples, home runs, everything. Um, that's the highest in the major leagues. And it equates 190 equates to 90% better than league average. So Luke Voigt, if you want to go by this metric, is the best uh, offensive player in the entire major leagues right now. Uh, his slugging percentage, if you like that number, that's also the highest in the major leagues. Um, so if we want to just kind of give some give some love to our to our best player on the team, I think we can do that. The other thing that was really that really stood out to me about Luke Voigt is that not only is he the best this year, but he is also one of the most improved players from last year. And we know a lot of that was because of the injuries. But the improvement that he's that he has is pretty much is also um pretty ridiculous. Basically, um, if you look at players with about four hundred plate appearances um last year and I think a hundred or seventy five this year, only Juan Soto has improved more. Um, Whoa. And we know Juan Soto's having a ridiculous season. He would actually be ahead of Voight if you kind of lowered the plate appearances to not qualifying um, on the leaderboards. But um, but yeah, so Luke Voigt has improved across every single metric, one of the most improved players. And now he is also one of the best players um, this season. Um, so let's just go, Voigt, you know, go. Give, your little, give your little hand clap to, to Luke Voigt and just hope that... Yeah, there we go. Yes, very nice. Um, and just kind of appreciate what you see every day with him because it's something special. He's going right crazy. He's easily the bright spot on the offense. Hopefully, DJ comes back this weekend. And then you have DJ Voight Hicks. Start doing it. Do that. And Hicks needs to come around. 
So, yeah. all right, Jake, do you have a butter knife for us or no? I don't have a butter knife. I uh, on Luke Voigt, uh, Jimmy and I get caught up looking at the baseball reference pictures of everybody that pops up when you click a team page, and it was just funny. They've got a picture from Luke Voigt last year, and he looks <laughs> looks like a chubby guy. He hasn't looked like that this year. So, uh, shout out to athletic Luke Voigt this year, and it working. Um, because I, I know we made some jokes about that early in the season. And then uh, it just kind of circling it all up, when you, sh- when you click on Baseball Reference in the team page, it, it shows their picture and it ranks them by war current, throughout the current season. And uh, it's just funny, Luke Voigt's been so good. He is currently fourth on the Yankees in war uh, with DJ, Cole, and Judge ahead of him. So even with them missing time and how good Voigt's been, um, those guys are still ahead of them, and that shows how important guys like LeMahieu and Judge really are. I have a trivia for you, Katie. Who has the 12th highest war on the Yankees? Ooh, <laughs> tough question. 12th highest. 12th I know who highest. has the worst. Let me think about out of how many, because I know who has the worst. It's a positive war. It's a positive war. And it's, oh. it is, so it's a positive war. Wait, baseball reference or fingers? Baseball reference. Baseball reference. And there's, I'll just, my hint will be there's a reason he's asking this. Tyler Wade. Eric Kratz. Oh, Eric Kratz, yes. (laughs) 0.2 war. It's look good. Who has the worst war in the Yankees, Katie, since you know? It's it's Gary Sanchez. Oh. For sure. It's got to be. Yeah, it's it's definitely Another fun fact is that all of these players in the Yankees are different color skin tones, but according to baseball reference, they're all the same. Mm. <laughs> like all this interesting. Yeah. It's really weird. Yeah, uh, and that—that's uh, the other. Just uh, my final th- thoughts. Besides their pictures, um, just how weird the season is. Like Johnny Luizaga, um having a really nice year, and I was like, "When's the last time he's pitched?" August nineteenth. It's the twenty seventh. So it's I mean, uh, you it, just you have some of these moments. that's like what? Um, ten, so Chad I don't Green know. Went Ho- ten days. Chad Green yeah. went ten days without pitching. I know. How do you do and that? It's crazy that uh, crazy that it goes down like that. I'm I'm hoping the Mets can can fix us a little bit in five games or three or four, depending the weather. Not to get the weather people all jazzed up, but um, keep playing regular games and yeah, God, that that Lemayhu guy would be real nice for the weekend. I'd like that. That would like be that. real nice. In the meantime, enjoy your days. Thank you very much for tuning in. Thank you, as always, Katie, for joining us. Go Yankees. Tell them, Grams. Go Yankees. <laughs>